Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Here we are, again, together, but not in person. Yeah, now we're far apart again. Oh, far apart. That's okay. We have Zoom. We have technology. It's fantastic. So, we were talking, we have been talking, as we typically do for a good, goodly while of time. Goodly, that's a very awkward, I awkwardly worded good. that. Goodly, goodly, yep, that's not a thing. It is a thing now. Dang it. Making it a thing. Anyway, a goodly span of time. Uh, I'm sure that's a thing from like 500 years ago, English. Maybe not. Anyway, I mean, when it work on a Scrabble board, that's the. Is that the, li- the line of that's demarcation? Line. Yep. <laughs> I don't play Scrabble much, but. um. Anyway, so here we are on Zoom chatting away, and we we talked about the fact that we we kind of sort of had finished ish the book, but not really, but kind of. So anyway, we wanted to kind of have one last episode, uh, kind of wrapping up this emotionally healthy spirituality book, um, and kind of you know reflections on the whole book, and then kind of moving forward, like what what now? Now what? Right? What do you you read the book? now what do you do with it you know kind of a thing and so uh we yeah the last the last chapter of the book is actually create kind of creating in your life a rule of life a rule of how are you going to keep this going how are you going to keep doing this as you progress through life because honestly it's one of those things that we can learn a lot of things at different conferences at different sermons different bible studies different books that we read but none of it means anything if you don't take it with you and consciously and intentionally put together a plan to make it part of daily life. Right. Right. Yeah. There's a quote that he says, busyness is the enemy of intentionality. Mm. So you have to put your intentions first so that busyness doesn't take over. Yeah. So that's why he talks about the rhythms of the daily office. Um, which is like schedule your time with God, like make a point to schedule so that nothing else can, can take the place. But it takes that ahead of, um, if we want God to be able to transform our life, it's not just going to happen through happenstance, right? We talked about that. No one just falls into maturity or, um, you know, it doesn't just, it would just happen. Oh, look, I'm complete in Christ now. Like you don't just... (laughs) it takes work it takes intentionality that's that faith and works right it takes some it takes purpose and intention to actually be able to live out your faith yeah so what does that look like and 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 uh in the book they call it the rule of life which is taken from the monastic tradition Mm -hmm. um so monks and nuns and all them who have a rule that they carry out even um Methodism of which our denomination is out of, right? Methodism, the methods of doing faith. That's a rule of life. <clears throat> well, I think even back to Daniel. Daniel's been on my heart and mind. Mm-hmm. We just finished a, a sports camp here for me and we were teaching on Daniel. Uh, Daniel in the lion's den occurs because the people all know that Daniel three times a day will go and open his window in his in his rooms and he'll pray towards Jerusalem three times a day. That was intentionality. Daniel didn't just 
willy-nilly pray to God, not that we can willy-nilly pray to God, right? We Any time of the day, we can do that. But if we get into the habit of doing it at specific times, we're much more apt to make it happen. We're much more consistent if we, again, make something a habit. So again, that rule of life being a consistent, intentional plan of this is how I'm going to continue to grow in my faith. This is how I'm going to continue to develop my healthy spirituality is that I'm going to work at it. I'm going to, you know, as you, you learned at CBLI about the making a 30 day, a 60 day or a 90 day plan. Mm-hmm. And, and how are you going to accomplish this? What are, what, what's the place, you know, the, the things in, in your, the steps as it were to make yep. that happen. And it's one of those things that I think what what we sometimes think differently with our bodies than with our spiritual health yeah. is we I think we get the the idea that our our physical bodies if we're going to exercise and eat right that that has to be a lifelong journey. You can't just yeah. exercise for a month and be healthy for the rest of your life. Right? We all understand this intellectually for our bodies. So it's not that big of a leap to say the same thing works for our spiritual health. You can't work on your spiritual health for a month or a summer or a conference mm-hmm. or a, you know, I read a book once and say, I've got it. Your spiritual health requires just as much effort as your physical health. And honestly, so does your mental health. Um, there are tools, there are systems, there are uh, assistances out there to make sure that you're you're working towards health in all of those areas and it requires some effort on our part wouldn't it be just nice if it didn't though i know right i really still go back to the, i wish one push-up made me strong and healthy <laughs> you know or that reading through the bible one time and i would know it perfectly mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of our human condition is that we kind of do need a little bit of striving to make life good. Um, you know, uh, so we, we talked about this a little bit before, you know, about where uh, where did the a lot of the science we know about depression stem from? Um, and it came from Victorian era house, right? So in the Industrial Revolution, higher society ladies, they really they really didn't have a purpose to their existence outside of just existing. They had servants who did all of the things for them. They maybe would throw parties, and that's kind of what they did. Children were not, they didn't raise their own children that was done. Um, through other people and so they would just literally have everything in the world but no purpose to it (laughs) which was kind of um, brought on the onset of all of these other ailments and and depressive episodes because life became so easy that it lost its meaning Um, and in our own life right we can we can say, oh, I just wish I just knew all of the all of the things and I could do this perfectly. But it, it's the journey and not just the destination, if I'm saying that 
I'm kind of muddling my thoughts here a little bit, but, but the, but the, the journey is part of the whole thing, which is why we're talking about this and this road to spiritual health goes through dealing with all of these other factors um, and knowing ourselves and going back and dealing with the walls in our lives and, and properly handling our grief and our loss and, and the things we want to do all of these things how does it how, what are the steps we could do to make it click and it's not easy but things of worth rather rarely are that easy but they're good in their in their effort right. does that make sense it does it does it was a long long convoluted answer but no that's good well and i i think too when we have specific goals when we have specific things that we're aiming towards or striving to it helps keep us focused mm -hmm. so that we're not caught up in busy or caught up in urgent because often yeah. urgency is a false it's a false urgency right right we the the tyranny of the urgent is is a real thing right where yeah. you know the the phone dings or clicks or whatever your notification sound is or vibrates and suddenly that is that takes precedent and priority over everything else that you were in the middle of and the fact is that most of the time it doesn't need to right yeah, yeah. in the in the world before cell phones people you could have generally have focused longer right Nothing was, nothing required immediate response 24-7. You know, I, I marvel, I marvel at how people expect, like, immediate response on text messages. Or, hey, I called and you didn't answer. Mm -hmm. think, yeah. back to, think back to the 90s, the 80s, we, there weren't even answer. I, I, we didn't have an answering machine. You couldn't even let it. You couldn't even leave a message of what you were calling about. You just had to keep trying. Now, when you were younger, did your parents like? Did you have to take phone calls for your parents? Have a little notepad to take their yeah. messages. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. even imagine a six-year-old relaying messages to you now, right? <laughs> like super important. Um, but that, that's a great thing, right? Technology was supposed to make our lives easier in all these ways. Yeah. But that's just not how our human, that's just not how we as humans operate. Right. <laughs> we don't do things easy. So, so talking about what do you need to do? And, and, and the thing for the rule of life, I, sometimes I can feel like these become other chores. Yeah. Like my to-do list is to start a to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes hard. So Jenny, what do you think about um, how do you make this rule of life so that it is a natural part of your daily thing and not a burden? Ooh. Well, one of the things that I've done for years, and it helps that I have a dog mm -hmm. because he because he gets me up early, right? Is every morning I, when I'm when I'm taking care of Cooper, when I'm going for a walk or whatever, I'll have a conversation with the Lord. Mm -hmm. sometimes some days I talk more than others some days it's just listening 
Some days it's just gazing on, you know, depending on the time of day that Cooper wakes me up. Because sometimes, legit, guys, it's dark outside and there are stars still in the sky, right? <laughs> but then other times it's closer to sunrise. And for me, being outside, being in nature, in God's creation helps me to focus because I can look at, at God's creation and just be in marvel and wonder of him, mm-hmm. right? But that's just more of a rule of life for quiet time rather than a rule of life for like progression in things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that I I have a counselor and we meet regularly. It's not, you know, I don't meet regularly with my counselor like every week. It's probably every six weeks, but it's consistent enough that um, I don't get caught. I don't get too far down the path of unhelpfulness, if that makes sense, or unhealthiness. Number number three is when I'm going through a particularly difficult period of time, for whatever reason. Um, and I'm I'm not perfect at this, and I'm working on it. But I will have specific people in my life like call me or text me weekly or even daily if it's really arduous and just a prayer or a reminder like hey this scripture came to mind for you today or hey can we call later mm. um, and the reason I do that is because if I don't do if I don't actively reach out then I'll I'll turn inward right mm-hmm. and then when I turn inward it I tend to go off the rails as far as things go and so am I perfect at that? No, because I will still sometimes, you know, hey, I'm going through a tough time. I'm just going to get my, get you know, board myself up in, in my little cave in my brain. Not in an actual cave, guys. Don't be too freaked out about <laughs> it. But, but uh, in my brain and, and not let people in. Um, right. But I'm learning that that's an unhealthy response, right? And so it's one of those things that a lot of, for me, I'm not very, I'm not very good at structures. Uh and, you know, there's an easy, actually, there's an easy little uh, test that you can kind of see if you're structure oriented or unstructured. And then if you're task focused or people focused, it's a very oh. easy little thing that I just actually recently did. And it just confirmed what I already knew. I tend to be very balanced, uh, pretty balanced between task and people, a little bit heavier on tasks than people. And I'm very, very unstructured. I like no structure in my life, not no structure, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You don't and want so to be for, chained down to things, right? So for me, a very a very scheduled out rule of life, I would have a hard time with that. But if I know that in a in a kind of a more unstructured way, just in the morning, I need to make sure that uh, you know this happens. In the afternoon, let's make sure this happens. In the evening, or once a week, or and that works for me. It won't work for everybody. If you're well, a very structured it? person, you might need to actually put it on your calendar at a specific time and day and make it happen that way. So. What is that? What is that activity that you did? What's it called? Oh, um, shoot that books at home. Uh, it's uh, I don't remember what it was called, but I can I can um, put it in the you put it in the comment notes. And put it in the notes, the show notes. Know yourself, right? Know yourself. Yeah, it'd be under the know yourself section, but it's something that we just did as part of a spiritual gift inventory, but it had the second section. And 
again, confirming what I already knew about my, my life, but maybe you don't know that about yourself, that you prefer structure or unstructure. And honestly, sometimes because I prefer so much unstructure in my life that to combat that, I actually have to force myself to put structure in. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it wasn't until really I got this job that I have to have a calendar and I have to look at it every day because there's too many, too many balls in the air to juggle. See, and, and, and I'm like the opposite. I need structure, but I'm not very good at implementing structure. So like when I went to high school, I went to a pretty liberal arts type of high school. Um, and I was part of a, you know, in one of the tracks that allowed me to, to um, create my own curriculum. Okay. Which sounds great. And I thought it sounded great. Um, for me, it wasn't great. Okay. Because my preferred curriculum and track is to do nothing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so... I didn't actually do very well in school, um, but growing when I became I kind of entered into the workforce, I realized I crave structures. Now I do like to push, push my bounds. That's also in my nature. Yeah. Um, so I'm very people oriented, and in my quest, I will choose people over tasks. And in that, sometimes I will bend my parameters or I'll see how far they can go but I I enjoy the safety of them gotcha uh -huh. that I'm not just free falling in the world but that's something that I had to learn so I when I do structure my day I do have time windows for certain things okay. um you know and I don't yeah. always fulfill them but at least I know that they're there so I know if I didn't accomplish ABC and that time window tomorrow, I will also have that time window that is only set aside yeah. for th those three things, you know. So, but that, that, that's something that we had to learn, you know. And, and I like this, the rule of life type of thing, because it's only for your benefit and it can look like anything. And so what they use in the book is they use an, or, uh, an illustration of a trellis. Now, I'm not a gardener. Yep. I am not a gardener. I've. I've gardeners like I like to make them into beautiful and neat rows when I plant them and then they don't stay that way they go crazy and wild and it's hot and there's a lot of weeds and I just you know what I also don't like paying two thousand dollars to grow two dollars and 17 cents worth of tomatoes that's just that's just me God bless all you gardeners out there I'm so grateful for you that I can eat but that's just not my yeah. my happy place but <laughs> But a trellis is used to bring things that grow on the ground off of the ground and into the air, right? So right. primarily things like vines, grapes, things like that. And they look beautiful. But as you know, these, these good things, I'll just use the example of grapes. If they grow in their natural way, they um, grow outwards and they pretty much get smashed under their own weight of the vines. So the clusters tend to grow underneath. The vines kind of cover it, stuff smushes up. I mean, then they just get smashed. So the trellis will force it to not grow. So it, it'll it'll modify. So it's not actually growing in its natural way. Right. Right. It has to be molded, and you have to like tie them, and you have to like put all these 
anchors and stuff on them um, that are going to, you know, kind of force them um, in to grow into a certain way. But eventually the new vines that are growing do are automatically do that. And then the fruit is able to hang, you know, down and be enjoyed and you're able to keep pests off of it and you're able to um, do all those kind of things. So, um, but it's an intentionality for a gardener to build a trellis and to slowly mold that vine so that it will continue to grow that way naturally. So it'll get off the ground and become more fruitful and productive. In the same way, rule of life uh, is a trellis that's going to help us abide in Christ and become more fruitful um, spiritually. Because if we're just kind of left to our own devices, we might go, you know, we might be growing, but it's not going to be as productive. And really, um, a good way I, I like that the book said about this for this rule of life is that it's just intentionally keeping God at the center of whatever we're doing. How intentional are we about engaging in spiritual practices and rhythms that keep us focused? Is God at the center of what I'm doing in this moment? And if you're anything like me, you like having those type of guardrails, but I really am not that great at multitasking. And so I sometimes can make a list of all the things that are wrong with me, right? I, I need to be, um, I need to be more present in my, when my husband is speaking, that's one of my things. So these are the things I'm actually currently on my list. Um, I want to be more present with my children when they're speaking and not be distracted by them. I want to be more punctual at work, make a thing. And I, I want to be a more active listener. That's really one of my main things. I've got to just put those three in one. I want to be a more active listener. And I want to have better time management, right? Yeah. I am not going to do both of those things at once. No. Right. Or, and, you're not or gonna be, and you're not going to go from zero to a hundred. Right. I also need to lose about 200 pounds, right? I need to do things for that. I need to also decrease my salt and take all of those things, right? That are going to better me. But if I try to do all of them at once, I'm just setting myself up for failure. And so what I like from the thing with CBLI is that short-term goal. What is one area, one thing, if I, if I, what would it look like for me to have Christ at the center of that thing? And what are some very practical steps I can do? Like for me and my active listening, I'm choosing when I'm talking to people to have my phone either in my bag or at a whole separate area out of my eye view. Because that's my biggest distractor. Emails that come on my phone. Or I am also have some symptoms of ADD. So I do need my hands to remain occupied. Mm -hmm. And sometimes and it's very easy. Like right now I'm twirling a pen and Jenny's laughing at me. Uh, it's very easy for me to, to use my phone for that. So I'm actively putting my phone away when I'm with people. away, So I don't see it, right? And I'm trying to do that right now for one month and see how successful I am. <laughs> and if I'm not successful in that, what's another thing I could do? You know what I mean? There's no, there's no failing. It's just figuring out what is the rhythm for me. Right. Um, another thing in my time management, I'm not going to bed after I, my body wakes me up at 630 to go to the bathroom. And I used to go back to bed. And now I'm not. There you go. 
just staying awake and and actually it's great i can usually have a one cup of coffee and i'm not rushing in the morning that's also helped me with my time management so but it's a very small thing right but i think the small things we it says i think in scripture do not despise small things or just do not despise small beginnings or something like that but the idea that if we make incremental changes one they're much more doable yeah because they're they're not these grand gestures but two they're sustainable long term because if you do screw up like on a day or or have a bad day or a bad week it's not going to be the end of the world mm-hmm. um you know i was working with my counselor a while back where i was trying to be like intentionally present like consciously present in every part of my day mm-hmm. which that's that's a pretty big one but because i because i'm very brain focused anyway like that's not as big maybe for me as it might be for other people but i noticed that when i am it is my day is amazing mm-hmm. what i mean by consciously present or intentionally present is that everything that i'm doing i'm cognizant of what it is that i'm doing and why it is that i'm doing and it kind of goes along with active listening when i'm in a conversation with somebody but it also goes in with active listening to the holy spirit where you know a lot of times i would be more inclined to just veg on the couch now i'm not saying don't veg on the couch if you've had a hard day but don't let that vegging mm-hmm. end up being the whole rest of your day. Right. right? Yes. Yeah, set a boundary, right? Yeah. Where maybe you, you set an alarm. Like I, I'm going to watch one TV show and then I'm going to get up mm-hmm. or I'm going to, you know, in fact, I have this really weird, like I actually enjoy stopping TV shows in the middle of an episode as opposed to the end of an episode. I have no idea why. Oh my gosh, you monster. Yes, I'm a monster. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'll get to a point and I'll just, okay, we're done watching that for today. I'm going to move on to the next thing. But it's amazing. The days that I, I try to focus on being consciously present, that means that I'm not just doing things unconsciously. Because mm-hmm. we do a lot of our life not even thinking about it. We do a lot of our life not even paying attention to what we're the right, decisions we're the making. Phenomenon. You drive to work and you have no idea how you got there. You're just at work now. Right. Because <laughs> you went in autopilot. So when I drive to work, now to be fair, I have this blessed thing called Lake Michigan literally to my left as I drive to work every single day. So consciously, intentionally, I look at the lake and take in the view safely of course because i am driving (laughs) but i i i make a mental kind of picture of it each day because i don't want to take that for granted i don't want to take the where i get to live for granted i don't want to like unconsciously drive to work and not even notice that i drove by this beautiful thing right Mm -hmm. i could i'm five years in here i've done that for five years driven by that lake but to to be conscious in the moment of that of of that drive of that view of that thing, and again, it it maybe just for you, it's one one part of your day. Like, uh-huh. Because when we're conscious of what we're doing and what our thoughts are and how our mood is, it's a lot easier to not be mean to people. Yes, because you thought about it. 
you're actively listening. I'm receiving what they're saying. I'm not just listening to respond. I'm listening to understand. Oh, I wonder, they seem really down today. Or that was a really angry kind of gruff thing. I wonder what's going on with them. As opposed well, to immediately res responding on, in our head. And also, like, we also then can pay attention to our temptations and our triggers to say, like, oh, when they looked at me side-eye in the conversation, it stirred up these emotions in me, but I'm present enough to recognize that that's happening so that I don't retaliate, right? I can become mindful about what they, you know, and whatever, right? So yeah. Yeah. this keeps things... Or um, after a hard conversation, like uh, a couple weeks ago, had a phone call that just kind of rattled me a little bit. And so I immediately stopped and breathed and was like, okay, why did that rattle me? Mm -hmm. well, this is why. Okay, what am I feeling? Because I, I also needed to be in a state of mind where I didn't take that with me. Like right. I had to figure out a way to like, okay, acknowledge it it's happening i reached out to amanda i said hey amanda okay. this thing happened can you please pray and just pray that this mindset that i'm in because it was an mm -hmm. i'm not a great mindset to be going on to the next thing that i had to do that day can you pray that god will just like switch my mindset to either take it away or move it or do whatever mm -hmm. he needs to do with it so that i don't carry this this conversation that I just had that was hard, that rattled me, that shook me a little bit with me to my next thing. And you know what? It worked. Mm -hmm. God answers prayers. I knew like I was present enough to realize what it was doing and stopped and said, Nope, Lord help this not. And I, and you know what? I went on and completely forgot about that conversation until like yesterday. <laughs> Where then I could deal with, because I had to deal with the ramifications of that conversation, but I couldn't do it for a little while for a number of reasons, based on my schedule, based on, you know, what my life had to go with at the moment. Um, but those are things that we can do if we're present. If, uh, we're, if we say, wow, that really, that really bothered me. Well, why did it bother me? How is it bothering me? Uh -huh. How can I, how can I not let this take over the rest of my day because it could have I could have let it take over the rest of my day and my interactions with people the whole rest of the day would have been miserable for okay. them and for me that's that's what this rule of life is really is just being mindful about life being present in the world and and not just letting things you know I was gosh I, was, I don't remember who I was talking to somebody once said um if you ever get a bad haircut, it's your fault. And I was like, what? And she goes, look, if you realize that the hairdresser is cutting your hair bad, stop them. Like, stop them. Like, you're you're the one whose hair is being cut. Now, to mm -hmm. be fair, if they're, you know, getting it too short might be a little bit different. But the concept being that we allow things to happen to us all the time. Mm -hmm. Because we let, we don't. Be, we're not present. We let them just take over our, you know, I think of getting cut off in traffic or getting yelled at at work or um, having a bad interaction with a family member or, you know, a child or a parent or fill in the blank, right? If we receive that and internalize it, 
that garbage in garbage out is is a real thing you know and so we need to figure out a way that will work for for you guys for me it's stopping usually breathing first mm-hmm. saying okay what am i feeling why am i feeling like what's what's going on in my what's process this right how clearly what this person said is triggering something okay this is why oh this is this is why and once you understand the whys it helps it doesn't necessarily make it go away right it doesn't solve the problem but it can definitely lead towards okay what's next steps to make this not just take my day Right. And I think knowing your why also helps you remain centered back on God because he's the one who can fix those things instead of running to these other um, masks or, you know, feel good in the moment type of things that we tend to run to when we're just all hyped up on emotion. What can I do right now to make me feel better in right now, you know, versus the heart. But I think when we're when mindfulness, it points us back to, which is what we said about the rule of life is just Christ at the center. Is Christ the center of this interaction? Right. You know, um, you know, and, and then through all of our chapters, you know, we've talked about um, the story of Saul and living in a false self and relying on our own strengths to get us through. We talked about David who had to, you know, courageously live out his true self. And it was a journey for him that he kind of swayed back and forth. But um, his thing was learning about himself to go back to God. Yeah. We talked about Joseph and allowing his past to transform him. Right. We talked about Abraham and trusting God in that dark night of the soul mm-hmm. that was going over th- the wall, right? When it seems like all the promises have led us here and now we're stuck. <laughs> and how right. do we move into usher into the next thing? We talked about Jesus in Gethsemane and how Jesus, Jesus utilized grief and loss. And we talked about Daniel in the rhythm office, which we do tied into a little bit today. And then the last one about uh, growing into emotional, healthy, mature adult was the good Samaritan. And uh, who am I and who is my other? Yeah. Right. And looking at people as um, people and not just labels and things and how we tend to do that a lot in our life. Um, And the, and the rule of practice today is it actually comes from acts. Um, and this is Acts 2, right? When people talk about the Acts 2 church that they want to be. Um, but devoting themselves to prayer, the apostles' teaching and a fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions and gave to everyone in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord continued to add to their number, those who were being saved. And what I like about this is it's not everybody, when it says everybody was the same, like they were like weird little clones, you know, like sometimes you go to a church and everyone like looks exactly the same. Like all the women have the same hairstyles and like all the men are wearing the same shirt. And you're like, Whoa, weird. That's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about that, that the thing that they had together was God. Right. And all of those other little personalities, they weren't the focus. Doesn't mean they weren't there. Right. They weren't the focus. The focus was being anchored in what the transformation that Christ has done with their life 
so that they were able to be selfless and glad and um, fulfilled in their life because the things that they were doing had Christ at the focus. Yeah. Now, I wish that the Acts 2 church stayed that way. <laughs> Sometimes that can be a, but you know, that's what we have though books like James and books like Romans and books like, um, you know, uh, first, second, and third John, first and second Peter, right? All of those things of how do we get back to the, how do we keep in that? Because I think what happened in the early churches, they started out that way and then little things crept in. Yeah. Little personality tiffs, which we actually already know that little arguments about stuff that really didn't matter, like the color of the synagogue carpet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, but yes, but the thing is, a lot of the New Testament, especially the letters, is what are things we can develop so we can get back into what we're supposed to, who we're supposed to be, and that invitation I think is still there. You're not going to turn overnight into super Christian. Oh, absolutely, it'd be great, Ooh. but <laughs> we're not going to do everything perfectly. But I think our success will come in our humility. And our willingness to do this with other people in community and the desire to keep Christ truly at the center of what we're doing. And I think if you can do those things, really, I think you could do anything for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So as you were talking, I was thinking back to the trellis and um, the, uh, the interesting thing about trellises is that they're they're of certain very kind of standard designs, yeah. but the the vines that grow on them are never the same. Ooh, that's good. Right. So, so the point of the rule of life is that we live a, an intentional kind of conscious plan in our world in our lives to keep God at the, at the center. But as you were saying, it it looks different for different people, and it should because we're not all the same. Um, but the 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 rule of life, the the idea of kind of having a system in place that works for you, um, might actually be a very similar system to somebody else. But the actual playing out of that system might look a little different. So one of the things that recently I've kind of in this last, if you will, thirty days. Not that I knew that that was a thing, but I not now that I know it's a thing, I'm gonna. I've been praying these prayers. Um, they're straight from Scripture for the last probably two weeks every day, and I'm gonna continue for at least another two weeks, probably longer, because I, I'm just feeling kind of you know convicted about some internal stuff that I'm that I'm working with the Lord on, and so they're at, they actually come from Psalms. One is from Psalm 19, and this is uh verse 12 through 14 of Psalm 19. So Psalm 19, right. 12 through 14 says this, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. Okay. And may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, two things there that I, that, I'm praying about 
are errors that I don't necessarily know about, right? Those hidden faults, those those unintentional things you do that hurt people. Because we don't always know, right? And then yep. the second one, the willful sins, the 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 ones that we do know, but we still do, right? Maybe yep. we're you know, maybe you're struggling with with something. And this is just one of those things that I've been convicted that my actions and words need to better reflect the holiness of God. And so I'm praying this. The second one I'm praying is from Psalm 139, which is very common, um, common, commonly known. Um, you know, it's it's David's psalm of, you know, I was knit together in my mother's womb, kind of a thing. Um, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But at the very end of that psalm, there's this: Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah, that's emotional maturity and spiritual maturity to tie it together. Yep. So it's one of those things that sometimes we make it overly complicated because uh, we think, oh, I have to come up with my own stuff or I have to reinvent the wheel. No, you don't. There's there's plenty of stuff in scripture that you can pray, you can think through, you can meditate on, um, mm -hmm. you can let kind of flow in your heart mm -hmm. um, that God can use to to make you holy and healthy and mature and it takes just surrendering it takes also being cognizant and aware and present um which okay. is hard our brains are so add in the world yeah um, we've been um, trained our brains have been trained to have add i swear oh with technology for sure you know actually yeah, in advertising, they've actually proven, yeah, that. It's very hard to focus longer than a few seconds on any one thing. That's why scrolling is a thing. And you can mm -hmm. just, they're calling it what, doom scrolling now? Doom scrolling, yeah. Yep. Doom scrolling. Um, but stop. I have to like, I because I do it. And unconsciously, completely unconsciously, all of a sudden I'm like picking up my phone, popping on Facebook for no reason whatsoever and scrolling and I'll catch myself like five minutes in what am I doing I don't even care what's on here I literally don't care but it's just it's habit I've become become so attached to just this constant thing and I don't want to be so so you're making a conscious rule yep to catch yourself yeah just like mine too, moving it out of my space. Yep. Right? Exactly. But it takes work and it's hard sometimes, but that's why you need people around you. Community is always important. Yes. Check in on you. Ask you how things are going. All those things. Right. Well, friend, any final thoughts? <clears throat> well, I was just thinking about, uh, I don't know why, the old adage, leave it better than you found it. Um, and I think that can be true for your space, but I also think it can be true for your interactions. Ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for yourself, right. Am I leaving a space emotionally, physically, mentally, am I leaving that space better than I found it? Wow. That's and, okay. um, and I think that's where the Holy Spirit can come in 
And so, um, and I think he gives generously to all of those who ask for things like it in his name. And I, and I think, um, again, it's not a competition. It's not a success or failure um, in growing in any of these areas that we've talked about. And um, Peter Skazer even says like, um, he had to be doing these things five, six, seven times before they became natural for him. So it's not a one and done type of thing. Right. But um, yeah, have grace. Leave yourself better than you found yourself <laughs> and other right. people too. And know that we were just on this journey um, towards a deeper and truer and our authentic relationship with our creator. And um, as long as we are working at keeping him the center, we won't fail. Good stuff, friend. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got to get on to our next thing. Um, but yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys another time. Again, if you ever have any questions, comments, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And, or a topic uh, we could talk about next. Yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to chat about that a little bit. So, all right, friend. God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>